Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to, you know it's fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Brian Breaker. It's episode 67. We have a good one this week. Anthony DeStefano will be joining me from the Elite POV podcast. You also probably know him from Rant with Ant, uh, New Age Insiders, The Rant, uh, Rant Foundation. He had several podcasts, much like me. Uh, We have a lot in common. Um, I kind of first got acquainted with Ant. I heard him on Fully Posable. You know, I think uh, Fully Posable comes up a lot with a lot of the conversations because I don't know if Jeff and Scott quite get their due. Um, I hope that they do. Uh, I think most of you guys know that are listening to this how how much they brought together a community of people, you know, of, of, of individuals and um, all kind of becoming friends. And since that time, I mean, countless people I've had on the show that I've met through them and Ant or Anthony here is one. And, you know, I first heard him on their show. I listened to Rant with Ant and, you know, then I, I, we talk about this on the podcast. I really liked his show. He did called the rant for a multitude of reasons. Number one, it wasn't a wrestling show. And I realized that's probably odd from a guy who's literally producing a wrestling show or a wrestling podcast rather, but it was refreshing to me. It was like a change of pace. It's like, Oh, cool. A guy I know he's a friend but they're just talking about fun stuff, him and his buddies. Like it, it reminded me of kind of what I feel like a podcast should be at times. Kind of what me and Bane try to do. Like we, yeah, we talk wrestling and movies and all that stuff, but it's about fun. Two guys getting together, recording a podcast, having a good time. And, uh, same with, um, TV toy cast with Travis, right? Two guys getting together, talking toys. Those are more like subject matter, but this was just like a fun show and I really enjoyed it. And now he's doing Elite POV. It's it's a great show. I've listened to a few episodes. Um, it's it's awesome stuff. And Anthony's a really fun guy to talk with. And I think that's the um, the big thing I I look for in a guest, honestly. And you know, there's a lot of people I want to have on the show. Um, it's like I hit up the other day. Like, um, ever thought about having this guy? And I'm like, well, absolutely, I have. It, to me, it's not always. One thing I learned in doing a podcast with guests, I can't message 50 people right away. Because I can't record that many and I can't drop that many. So usually I stay several weeks in advance. And if you've been on the show, you realize like, wow, it took a long time for that episode to drop. That's intentional so that I don't overwork myself or end up in a situation where I have to work overtime at work or I'm tired. And I'm like, I don't want to record anything and I have nothing coming up. So it's like, oh, there's no show this week. And I've, I've done a good job of not having that happen where I always have a show and like, there's something out there. Um, so it, it took some planning on my part and pretty much what I'm doing is anytime an episode drops, I'm thinking of my next guest. Like, who's that going to be? Oh, that'll be a fun guy to have on. And you know, sometimes they just kind of happen, right? Dylan got, I had him on last year. He's a stand-up comedian. Very, very funny. If you haven't checked him out, this stuff's amazing. Literally Richard Yule, another podcasting friend that I met through fully posable sends me a video of him doing his standup routine, talking about professional wrestling. 
And the whole thing of the routine is like someone saying, you know, that's fake, right? And I'm like, oh, it's perfect for this show. Heard it. Thought it was hilarious. Reached out to him. He was all about it. He does a podcast himself. And we had a really fun conversation. So to me, that's kind of, that's like one of those that just kind of fell in my lap. Like, oh, that would be a fun guy to have on. Anthony, I've known for a while. Having him on seemed like a layup, much like some of the other guests I've had. So my point is I'm always looking at new people and I want to have as many different people from as many different walks of life as possible because I feel like anyone who's in any way associated with wrestling, even just a fan, we all have a story to tell. And that's what this show's about. So I won't waste any more time on this open. Let me kick it over to my conversation with Anthony DeStefano of Elite POV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Joining me this week via Skype, the one and only Anthony DeStefano. You probably know this guy from his many podcasts he's had, much like myself. Uh, I first got acquainted with you through uh, through Rant with Ant. Uh, then you did a show called The Rant. Now you're doing Elite POV, man. Like you're you're all over the place in the podcasting game. I love it. Yeah, I, I had to step away from the wrestling thing for a little bit. Um, with Rant with Dan, I just kind of fell out of love with what was going on. Sure. And then the rant, which was more of like a sit down with two of my best friends and bullshit, like about nothing. And that was probably the most fun I had doing a podcast. We make like fake commercials, like oh, with music I, and all. It, I used to was, listen to that at work when I would work nights and stuff, and I would just be laughing my ass off to myself. You know, people are like, what's so funny? I'm like, dude, this show's hilarious. Like, I love the uh, Florida versus everybody stuff. I can relate so much to that. It was great. <laughs> We had a lot of fun, and, I, you know, we want to bring it back. Um, we were we were going to do it once a month, and then I, my brother passed in April, and I kind of stopped having people over. You know what I mean? You kind of get into a different kind of mood. And then I sold my house in August, and as we were talking before, my house will be done in two weeks. It's being built, but I've been with my parents for five months now. So it's like can't really record that here. Trying to find time to record anything here is almost impossible. Um, but now we're doing elite POV. So I left the wrestling game and I felt like there was a void, right? You, um, you, you can relate to this. You love pro wrestling. You feel like there's this, this void. And, um, after my brother had passed, I needed to like keep my mind busy. So I turned on AEW on Wednesday night and, you know, I was keeping up with the product. I wasn't watching religiously. Mm -hmm. If it was on, it was on the background. I never really sat down and focused on it, but I, I, I did, and I fell in love with it, and then I started talking about it, and Phil and I started talking about it, and I said, Phil, you know, um, I'm trying to grow my, my Twitch channel. I would like to do a show on Twitch um, with us just talking about wrestling. We don't have to take it serious. It doesn't have to be rant with Ant. It can just be like a, a fun thing, a hobby. So that's how that started, and it kind of snowballed from there, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Well, you know, I think the um – the wrestling fandom is something that a lot of people do struggle with this day and age because I don't think the business is – I mean, not, not speaking of AEW because we'll get into that. But, I, you know, before AEW, it was WWE, right? I mean, yeah, we might venture off and watch some ROH or some New Japan, maybe some Impact. But as far as pro wrestling, it was WWE for most of us. And I don't know if that product's geared to our – age group. And so sometimes it was, it was hard for me. And I know for a lot of people that I'm friends with, I'm sure yourself included, it was hard to be fully invested all the time. Right. And, and so I think that's where that fandom kind of would, would be tough for us. And I know like for me and Bane specifically on our show, it was all wrestling. 
Yeah. And it was hard to be a fan. So it's like, hey, man, if there's a good movie coming out, I want to talk about it. Because I can't, yeah, and I, I can't just talk about Monday Night Raw all the time. I don't want to be negative, too. I don't want to be the person that bitches. Like, right. If it's constructive criticism, cool. I don't want to be the person that sits there and just complains about everything. Nobody wants to hear you bitch and complain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I got to a point where Rant Within, I was severely burnt out, right? Severely burnt out. The product wasn't fun. I stopped having fun because we were on the borderline of, like, where can we go? We hit that ceiling. WWE isn't very gracious with um, sharing talent, so we couldn't get any interviews. Even though I'm friends with Riddle, I couldn't interview him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though he's an actual friend, we would be sitting there eating wings. I couldn't interview him. Like, so that becomes like awkward because it's like we're a fan podcast. We're for the fans, by the fans. But like, I'm not even a fan of what's happening. So. Why would I do a show on it? You right. know, and it was it was I took three months off of podcasting and realized that like content creating is something I love. Um, I'm not as serious about it as I was like elite POV is doing really good things. But to me, like, I just want to have fun, man. And yeah. I just want to create a community full of cool people and just just have fun. I think I got lost when I was doing rant with Ant to like, all right, I want to make this my job. But it's like, well, how many people can actually make this their job. You know what I mean? Well, and you brought up an interesting point there because I do think sometimes, too, you do it right with Ant or any podcast any of us do, and that's like our... I always call it, that's like our, our fight club, if you've seen the movie Fight Club, right? Like, yes. They're all working regular jobs, but they're all looking forward to Fight Club. And I think that's kind of what podcasting is for a lot of us. The problem is, like you were saying, you want to make it your job, but then there was times when you were kind of like burnt out of doing it. Not necessarily podcasting or content creating, but maybe... You know what you're podcasting about. It's hard to set through Raw or SmackDown or the pay-per-views, so it makes it tough. And then next thing you know, this other job you had that should be the dream job, it's kind of a struggle too, right? I mean, that, that's that weird dichotomy that I think we all kind of fall into a little bit if, if we're not careful. Yeah, the biggest the biggest thing for me was um, I named the show Rant with Ant. Ant can't miss shows. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and to me, that's what really, like, pigeonholed me and put my back against the walls. Like, if I needed a break, I didn't want to cancel the show. Right. You know, I, I feel like with your content creator, I always preach consistency. And now with Elite POV, we have four people. So if one misses, there's still three people. Like, and it just works. Like, I'm not going to be on the show this week. And it's kind of nice to step away for a week, right? Sure. It makes you miss it. You're like, because then you see people talking about the show that you weren't on, and you're like, damn, like, I really want to be back. Like, I miss that. You Absolutely, know? So yeah. It, it, that's been the blessing for me is that I have four great people. We have actually six on our team. We have, you know, I told Phil when we said we were going to start taking this serious, right? We need to outsource some stuff because I can't do it all like I did. Like, to me, that was not fun. I didn't have time for my family. Yeah. So we have Infinity13 Gaming. He's one of my Twitch streamer friends. Met through that. He's our graphic guy. He makes all of our graphics for our shirts and all. We have Miss Jamie Strange, who I met through streaming as well on Twitch. She's our social media ambassador. She handles the TikTok and Instagram. Jackie's one of our co-hosts. Her and Kyle. Kyle's one of the co-hosts. They handle the Twitter. I handle like um, the agenda of what we're going to do and Phil's the host. And it just works so much better. And it feels so much better being in the beach here than being the host. Because for five years, I was the host. 
it sounded a certain way, and people are now coming to Elite POV and going, wow, this show sounds a lot different than Rant Within. And I think that's a good thing, right? When you kind of change hats a little bit. It's almost kind of like when a wrestler goes from being, you know, on the booking team and a talent to just being a talent. They're like, hey, I can focus on what I love, just wrestling, right? I don't have to worry about booking the shows and coming up with stories and, you know, yep. trying to appease this guy and appease that guy. I just go out there and wrestle. Like, now it's easy. Now it's fun again, right? Yeah, I mean, that that was the whole the whole thing of why the rant started, which later became the five-second rule pod for a couple episodes, is that I wanted to just have fun again. Like, I just missed... I missed what the Wrestle Addict was. Like, before I was rant with Ann, I was on the show The Wrestle Addict. We weren't, we weren't breaking 100 views. We weren't breaking 50 views. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, man, we were having fun. And I didn't care about the views because every Thursday night I was laughing my ass off talking wrestling once i fell out of the wrestling thing me and my friends would talk about nerd culture and would talk about life and to me people were very intrigued by that because they saw a different side of me it was a less structured side of me because on rant with dan i was very structured mm -hmm. i had my moments where you saw my personality but i was very tight with time and all that this i just let it go and i'm like whatever we talk about it's unedited it's uncensored it's you know for mature audiences we could talk about what we want and um, I think that's what made me really stick with content creating. I think if it wasn't for that show, The Rant, I wouldn't have went into Twitch streaming. I probably would have just hung the mic up and, and been done doing anything. So that kind of reignited me. We tried to bring a wrestling podcast back, Rant with Ant. We called it Rant Foundation. And the product just I, – I literally like four weeks in, I was like, I can't, like, I, I can't fake it. Like yeah. I'm not having fun. The show's fun. I, you know, I want an excuse to hang out with my friends, but it took me a good solid two years till I could really like talk about wrestling again because AEW kind of reignited everything. Well, you know, it's kind of going to the rant a little bit. I think sometimes, too, when you get pigeonholed as being like the wrestling guy, like that's what people want or assume. And I think that's what was – to me, like I'll be honest, like listening to podcasts, that was such a change of pace because – it was a someone who I've met through podcasting, but it was not a wrestling podcast. And yeah. sometimes that's needed, right? You need that like fresh change of pace of something a little bit different. And and I thought you guys like I looked at it as very much like a variety show. There was so many different yep. things, but it it also I could feel you guys having a good time just listening. And I thought that was the my favorite part of it. Yeah, it was. It's, it's something I I really can't wait to get back. Um, Kyle and I have talked multiple times. The other Kyle. I have two Kyles in my life right now. But uh, <laughs> the Kyle from the rant, the five-second rule, we have talked. Um, I think Brad's on board. But, you know, the show started with Kyle and I. We brought Brad in. But Kyle and I want to do stuff, and it, it might become like a Patreon thing for our dollar Patreons just to get the feel to see how many people like it again. And then maybe we'll run with it. Uh, you know, it could be included with what we're doing at Elite POV. But he uh, – I just think I think I need that because it allows me to be more of me. I'm very unfiltered and quick with it, mm -hmm. and and I'll, maybe that's why I like being a co-host so much is because I don't have to control the conversation. Oh, so yeah. I don't have to reel myself back in. Someone has to reel me back in. I think I like being more comfortable like that. Oh yeah, and I think it's it's good, like I said, to have those different chairs and kind of feel 
what works better for you, for sure. Um, you brought up AEW, and I want to touch on that because I feel like, you know, when All In happened in 2018, we kind of saw a shift. But even then, I wasn't convinced that there was going to be a third, or not a third, but a, a new, like, company that was going to be, you know, in the I, same level of WWE. I'll tell right? you. I'll tell you why. The only reason I felt that is because I was there. Sure. And I I was blessed to be on Media Row um, and, and get to interview a bunch of people. And just the – there was no feeling quite like it, right? Like it, you just felt this positive energy where you felt like a revolution. Like I hate using that word, right? But you felt it. You felt like this can work and it's going to work, you know? Um but I wasn't sold at first because right after All In, WWE signed all the indie talent. Right. Right? They took all the indie talent. Right? And I was like, uh, the first, I, I watched the first couple months of AEW and I liked it. But, you know, no offense to these guys because I, I, I'm a fan of Joey Janela. But if I turn on the TV and I see Joey Janela, or if I turn on the TV now and I see CM Punk, like – you're staying for CM Punk. Sure. You're staying for, like, they needed those impact players and they got them. Do I think they should still showcase Janela more? Yes. I think Sonny Kiss is the most underutilized person on that roster. Uh, he's amazing, right? There's a lot of great talent that they're not showcasing because the, the, the roster's too full, but people need to realize this is a business, and at the end of the day, you got to make money, and it's it's creating some great memories, man. I'll never for, I'll never forget all, all out with... Uh, Punk and Danielson and and Adam Cole all and Ruby Soho like that was on un, unreal. That was an all time wrestling show, and, and that's what I feel like with AEW. And you know, I don't watch the week to week usually, but I, I do follow it relatively closely. I, I try to order all the pay per views, and the thing that I've noticed with AEW is that usually I have excitement when I, after a show, and I'm like, man, this reminds me of how I felt in the Attitude Era. Yes. And, And and it's a different, it's not the same type of show, but like, I feel like with WWE, we've gotten so used to, this is just how things are. Yeah. Right. We we never question. Okay. Well, what if they did it differently? Like, what if they didn't? People are freaking out, like freaking out over time limit draws. It's like, yeah, because we're not used to them. Right. Like in Japan, that's a normal thing. Like, why not do a time limit draw? You know, right. Why, why do we have to do dusty finishes and disqualifications? Why can't these two just not put each other away? That's a much better story. Right. In, in, in comic books, why is the Joker always there? Because Batman can't put him away. That's why. Like, and if he put him away, it'd be boring and it'd be over. Right. So, I mean, I try to think of it like that. In TV, you always want the villain to not be, you know, the hero can't put the villain away. He can beat the, beat the villain but he can never put him down and they keep coming back for more and i think the same could be said in a wrestling match like i love that danielson and omega and danielson and hangman went to time limit draws because it's like it builds the story and then when hangman was able to beat danielson it's like he was a the the hero was able to overcome that villain that one time yeah and like i don't know it's so much better than and i don't want to shit on wwe because I do have a lot of favorites there still, and, you know, I love wrestling, so I'm not going to put them down. I don't watch it personally anymore, but we just got so preconditioned to, like, tag team matches not being fun, right? And, like, I go back and I watch old, like, 90s, like the Hart Foundation and when the Steiners, when they were in WWE, and I'm like, man, tag team wrestling used to be, like, the pinnacle of this company, and now you 
just kind of give them a four-minute match at WrestleMania. Well, and almost every team, I feel like, with the exception of maybe a few, they give them like a two-year run, if that, and then they're split up. Or they just randomly throw two guys together for a minute, and, and then they split so, them up again. You know, it's, Sometimes it's, that works. Like To me, like Cesaro and Sheamus is one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Yeah. And like when they split them up, I'm like, why? Right. Because now they're they're now they're doing senseless shit. Instead of you could have built a, an amazing tag division, right? You, like you could have, like I loved when they would fight the Usos or the New Day. But the right. problem is they're recycling this stuff, and it's like I love the Usos, but I can't watch the Usos in the New Day. You know, twenty six weeks out of fifty two, like you got to give me something else to make me want that match again. Right. No, yeah, I agree, and I, and I think like I remember a few, several years ago they had uh, Tyson Kidd and uh, Harry Smith were a team, the Hart Dynasty. Oh yes, a, a great team and great talents. They split them up. They had their blow off match on superstars, and then neither guy did anything. And I'm like, nope. Why did you split them up if you're not? I understand if you're like, hey, we're gonna push Tyson Kidd to the moon. Okay, I get it. You didn't. You didn't push either either guy. You didn't do it. Like what are like what are you doing here? Like and I get what they're doing now. Like Randy Orton and Riddle, right? Right. They're they're a fun tag team, and then eventually Orton's going to turn on him, or maybe Riddle turns on him. Maybe that's Riddle Shawn Michaels moment, right? Sure, Where he sure. he wants to break free and become this this big solo star. I don't think they do it because I don't think they're as ruthless as they used to be. Um, and I think they want to keep it more PG. But I can see Orton being the bad guy and turning because Orton doesn't have friends ever. And then you have Riddle be the babyface, but. I get why they're doing that, and that's going to be fun when the blow-off happens. But like, like you said, there's times where like the blow-off happens and then both guys go away. That's not going to be the case with Riddle and, and Orton, but, I mean, it's happened too many times. Like Cesaro and Sheamus right now, they're not really doing much. Right. They're on the show, but what are they doing? Like, I don't know. They, they've done it They've done it way too many times. Um, you know, they they've try to make Otis a solo star. Now Otis is with Gable, which I think is a cool team, right? Sure. But how long until now Otis and Gable break up? And then exactly. and that's a great example. Gable's lost in translation for another two years like he just was. Right, and then it's back to, all right, come up with another goofy gimmick or whatter, your short yeah, G. Yeah, short G. Yeah. That's when I was done, bro. When like I swear to you, like when the stuff like that started happening, I was like, I'm not going to hate this, but this show's not for me anymore. And I think a lot of people have been that way where they're just like, this is just not, it's not for me. And and that's, and I feel, and I feel like, and I'd like to get your take on this too, because I know you're a big Marvel fan, but I know with things like Marvel and all these things happening and, and t- there's a lot of great TV shows nowadays, back in the day, I wa- pretty much all I really watched was wrestling. Now there's so much other stuff out there. If you're trying to, if you're suffering through a three hour Raw it might dawn on you, like you know what? There's a lot of other options I can yep. I can watch as opposed to just this show. I like to watch content creators. I like to go on Twitch and support my friends and watch them. Like, sure. it, it, to this point, it's just the problem is is WWE was writing stuff different back in the day, but the writing of all television has gotten a lot better, right? Movies, television, like, I mean, I think the writing on on the shows like Peaky Blinders is just unbelievable right it just want it makes you want more like vikings just ended that was written so well and and you're seeing all of these great things have these amazing endings besides game of thrones which i don't want to get into um and 
then you turn on the TV and there's no storyline that makes sense in WWE. Um, like, I love the Rain storyline. I thought that made a lot of sense. But then where'd it go? His family joined him. And now, you know what I mean? Right. So, will they revisit it? Maybe. But to me, there's no... There's no storyline progression. It's like a one or two week thing, and then they drop it, and then they try to make you forget about it. And yeah. you watch these other shows, like on television, and you're like, you're getting the story, you're getting the climax, you're getting the fallout, you're getting how it ends, and it's just like, wow, that's a complete story. Yeah. No, I AEW is not the best at it yet, but I will tell you, like. The Hangman Kenny story went on for a year, yes. and it made that moment when Hangman finally beat him, it made it that storybook ending type of feel. No, yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, another thing, too, a lot of people are upset about was NXT. I got to ask you this. Oh, yeah. Do oh, you man. think, like, there's some, some type of internal issues with Vince and Triple H over – because, you know, I'm not I, – initially I wasn't thinking that, but now – with all of like the main stars that he was building have pretty much left, there's something going on, right? It it kind of seems personal, right? Yeah. It does. Um, I can't really speak on it because I I don't know their relationship, right? I mean, I don't I don't know, but it just seems like Vince is a control freak, and maybe there was a little animosity, jealousy, sure, because NXT was getting all these you know rave reviews. I think if Triple H would have beat AEW, I think Vince tested Triple H, and it was like, if you don't beat this company, you're you're done. Mm -hmm. Like your company is supposed to be the best brand. Will beat beat these newcomers, beat these pissants, and they didn't. Right? AEW handled them, but AEW is going to catch Raw pretty soon at this rate. So Uh, yeah, that's what I'm waiting on. Well, I mean, I, I look at NXT, and I felt like the flagship of that brand for a long time was the Undisputed Era, and they're yep. all in AEW now. Like, yeah. how does that oh, yeah. happen, right? How do you let a guy like Adam Cole, How, if this is true, how do you want to make him a manager? How do you let a guy like Keith Lee that you built up so nicely leave? Or how do you let a creative cross. genius, a creative genius like Bray Wyatt, how do you release that guy? Right. How do you get rid of uh, an Alistair Black, a Malachi Black? With Look at the stories he's telling when you give him creative freedom. I think you're going to see a lot of people leave because of the creative freedom thing. Yeah. But I think AEW is going to tighten their belt on that a little bit as well. Well, right? and, Because and, I do think it's great. I think they'll let them call the matches in the ring. But I think it needs to be a little bit more structured because – one thing I do do, like when I listen to Jericho's podcast, you know, there is the same spots and matches, and it because it's not discussed. Yeah. Like if Jericho's like, I'm going to suplex this guy off the top rope through a table, and then Phoenix goes out there in match two and gets suplexed through a table, it takes the all factor away from the main event when Jericho is supposed to go through a table. Right. So I get that. I get that point of it. But man, like the creative freedom, look how much fun these people are having. Like, sure. oh, I, I mean, just watching Punk and seeing how happy he is tells a story. And for a guy like Brian Danielson to leave, who has his roots in that company, his father-in-law, his root, his uh, wife, his you know they had a show, you know they have podcasts sponsored by WWE. Like the Bella Twins are very much WWE lifers. Mm-hmm. For him to go out and say no, I want to be able to wrestle my style and tell my story. Tell us a lot because WWE, that's one of the guys you can't say, they booked him like shit. No, they booked him like a like a legend, right? Right. 
you know, he's a Hall of Famer, and they, he had the biggest moment in WrestleMania history, and then he came back and had the second biggest moment on the other end with Kofi Kingston in WrestleMania history. And they gave him uh, uh, the WrestleMania this year, his last match. Like, I mean, he was treated like a star. And uh, for him to leave tells a lot about, you know, if I'm an artist, I want to paint my picture, not the one that you put in front of me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, do you think with AEW a problem we could see moving forward is that roster is becoming too full? Because, I mean, there's as of time of recording, there's been rumors of Bray Wyatt, right? And and now I think everyone pretty well assumes Jeff Hardy's showing up. Um, yeah, I think I think Jeff Hardy will, will fit in. Um, it, it is getting a little bloated, but Marco Stott, Peter Avalon, Joey Janela – these are guys I could see their contracts running out, right? Sure. And, and the cool thing is Tony Khan's not firing people. Right. I, I, I think that's very respectable. I, I know he says some stupid shit, but yeah. he he um he's not firing people, which says a lot, right? And I know people make a big deal about this, but they're like, you know, well, how much was 102 people or something was released from NXT or NXT WWE or 89 or something? I, I think I think you're right. I think it was over 100, but I could be and, wrong. And 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 AEW signed 20 of them. Right. So like they're not just signing everybody. They're signing the people that are going to change the roster. Do I think it's going to become overcrowded? I do, but I also think Rampage will eventually go to two hours. Mm-hmm. And I think the the raw the, um the contracts for some of these people will be for dark and elevation yeah i can see that too and you don't have to be on main tv if you're getting paid you're getting on youtube and you're getting exposure it's almost like they're developmental is dark and elevation absolutely yeah and i I think that that's great that he's had that you know because i know dark was there pretty much from the beginning and elevation came in a little bit later but i mean what a great platform to give some of your underneath guys, some some wins I mean, against local talent yep. and things like that. I think it's a great it's a great tool. I think it was amazing. I think Ty Conti had an amazing year this year because she got to work so much on Dark and Elevation. Right. I think that a person like Jade Cargill, who I love, I think she's amazing. Um, I think she's going to be a very you know a very very big star. I think she has a long way to go, but I think she's catching up really quick and she's catching on for someone who's only had twenty five matches. I think she learned a lot about camera work and look, you know, finding the camera on dark and elevation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important part is how are you going to tell the story on television? Um, and, and that was the thing for AEW for the while is at the beginning, they had people who are never on TV and you can tell, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, yeah. like you could tell, like even the camera cuts, the production, they would be missing shit left and right. So it has gotten so much cleaner, so much better. But like someone like Britt Baker, who that amazed me is she was never really on TV a lot, and she's the best at finding that camera. She'll find that camera anywhere, and and you know either wink at it or talk to it or make a face at it. And I think that's that's going to be great for the roster and the indie stars that they're signing. Dark and Elevation, they can learn how to do that, how to be like a Britt Baker, where you can find the camera at all times because that's important to us fans because we want to feel like part of the show. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, and I think it'll be very interesting um, moving forward to see how this company continues to grow. And because I mean, I think in 2019, a lot of people probably weren't giving them like as much credit, but now here we are in early 2022, and it's like, man, like you said, they overtook NXT, 
And I wouldn't be shocked within a year's time, maybe even shorter, that they're getting better ratings than Raw. And that's that's going to be a big kick in the nuts for the WWE. Yeah. I mean, realistically, SmackDown's Raw or SmackDown's WWE is one show, right? Any show with Roman Reigns on it is is their A show. Mm-hmm. Um, because let, let's face it, I mean, I've been company. a yeah, I've been a Roman fan when it wasn't cool to be a Roman fan. Um, and it's great to see what he's doing. My God, like to see what happens when you let someone be themselves yes. and be creative. And you think like they would learn from that and go, okay, maybe we can give this formula to other people, and they don't. They don't like, and I. That's that's what bothers me is because yeah. you have all these stars, you know, and all you had to do is let Roman Reigns be a, a version of himself turned up to ten. That's what Stone Cold always said. Yeah. Let me be myself and turn it up, you know, and and that's what works. And I don't know, man. It, it's it's crazy. I think AEW will pass Raw. I think SmackDown. You're on Fox. You got Roman Reigns. WWE had a 30-year head start, right? Right. So I don't look at it as a ratings war because I want both companies to do well because I want both companies to change for the better. And maybe if AEW catches Raw, WWE makes some subtle changes, and then we feel like we have that war again, that it's it's a fabricated war. It's not a real war, right? It's fabricated. It's just for people to talk. But it, it presents water cooler talk. We had so much fun in grade school coming in on Tuesday and talking about what match did you watch? Oh, I watched X-Pac and I was like, I watched Rey Mysterio and WCW. The cruiserweights are my favorite. But then I watched Stone Cold in the main event. Like, It was just so much fun and I, I think wrestling can get back to that. Um, the one thing we have to do is abolish Twitter and I think <laughs> you know. Yeah, no doubt about it. Social I, media ruined a lot of fun things for me. Sure. And I, and I think it has for a lot of people but you know, I gotta touch on this. Go back to Roman Reigns. Like how different with the landscape of wrestling been and you know, cause you all, we all remember that Royal rumble in 2015 when he got booed out of the building. What if at that next raw, you know, he's going into the match with Lesnar and then they just flip the switch and like, now he's the Roman we see in 2022. Yeah. Right. What, like, it's, what? But it's like, they were so set, like, no, we're going to do exactly what we want and you're going to like it. And we're going to be like, John yeah. Cena 2.0. And yeah. it's like, no, John Cena works because he's John Cena. Just right. like you can't have The Rock 2.0. It just uh, these guys are special. You can't duplicate them. You'll never be able to duplicate a Stone Cold Steve Austin. You never and, and, and you know what I mean like AEW to me you'll never be able to duplicate a John Moxley. Right. That is that is just something that is inside that guy that no one else can capture. No and doubt about it. I think finally they said, "All right, Ray, I think Reigns wasn't going to come back until he got what he wanted. You know what? You might, he, I didn't think about that. You might be right. He might have been like, you know what? We're we're working in this because when he came back, they were still in the Thunderdome, right? So yep. we're doing this. Like, let me let me do something different. And Let's try something. What do we have not? to lose? Why not? And now he's the number one merch seller in the, the company. Yeah, go figure. Big shock. like by by far. Yeah. Who's someone that in, in this week? This might have already happened by the time you know this drops. But who's someone you could see? that WWE has dropped that you think would be a good fit in AEW. Let's not talk Jeff Hardy. We've already mentioned Tony him. Storm. Well, there you go. Tony you Storm. And you think she'll show up there? I I think I think that's a lot of star power behind Tony Storm. I really do. I think Tony Storm, I think Ember Moon, um 
I would love to see those two females in there. Obviously, Wyndham. You know, you get Wyndham, yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna, your rate, your your views are gonna go up tremendously, right? That guy is. Wrestling fans love him. Wrestling yeah. fans love him. And if he gets to tell his own story, just imagine how great it's going to be, right? Yeah. And uh, but I would say to me, you got to work. You got to work on the female division because it's getting really good. And um, you can, you know, you look at WWE. They have WWE has the best woman in the world, right? They have Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky, and then they have Bianca, and then they have um. Then they have Rhea Ripley, right? Then they have they have a great roster. Oh yeah, but Impact. You have Diana Perazzo, who I think is on the best run of any female in the world right now. AEW has Britt Baker, who's great, but yeah. you need to keep building that division because how many people can face Britt Baker? She's already fought Thunder Rosa. She's already fought Ty Conti. You know what I mean? So. We need more people in there to make it more of a division than just like, okay, it's your turn. Okay, it's your turn. Like, no, we need to build more stories. Um, and I think Tony Storm, you bring her in, she's a game changer. I know it was an unpopular opinion, but I really thought they should have brought in Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I think she's one of the best female wrestlers. I know she has baggage, and I know there's a lot of a bullshit surrounding her, right? But... If you want to build a women's division, the best rest, women's wrestler in the world, in my opinion, personality aside, right, the best in-ring performer in the women's wrestling was a free agent, and they didn't bring her in, which shocked me, but it shows Tony Khan maybe sticks to his morals, you know what I mean? And sure. That goes a long way as well. And that's sometimes difficult when someone has like that, uh, like, you say, like you say, baggage or whatever it might be, like personal, hey, personal demons, right? I mean, there's, there's something to it, but... Tony Storm was was one that I was really shocked that they just let go because I think she asked for her release, correct? Yeah, no, she just left. Yeah, and like, but here's my thing: like, as we're talking, I don't know when this comes out. Ali asked for his right. release, and that's the guy I signed the day the day I can, the minute I can, I sign Mustafa Ali. Yeah, because that's someone's story that has a message that I think we all need to hear, and I think the the best place for him to tell that would be AEW. And what's weird is he's been in WWE for a while now, and at different points, it seemed as though they were really going to run with the guy, and then they just didn't. And then they let him lead that faction, which that faction was kind of doomed. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what. That's when we were doing the Ram Foundation, (laughs) and I I legit was like, guys, I I can't do this. Like, this is just – it's terrible. Yeah. Well, Like, you gave Dijak a name T-Bar? Yeah. What? Shane Thorne is a guy I've known for several years, and you know I knew him through training camps and Japan and stuff, and super talented guy. And now he's slapjack, and I'm just like, ugh, you know, it's just like this guy is so talented. And then last I heard, he was going to do a crocodile Dundee type gimmick, and you just kind of know that that's not going to go real far. And then they eventually just let him go, and it's just like, how does this happen? You know, it's it's that same conversation. It just feels like. Feels like we're getting in the early '90s cartoon era again, which scares me. Yeah, yeah, it could be. All of a sudden, like, hey, we need this guy. Let's make him a plumber. Let's make this guy a trash man. Yeah, you know? right. Like you have someone who now who had an all. I think it was Zia Lee in NXT who had an amazing gimmick. Right. Yeah. Now she comes to the ring and she wants to sleep. 
Ugh. It's like she has a tired game, and I, I I get it. You're trying to do the lazy thing like Orange Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy has done that for like six years, yeah. ten years. Like he's been doing it on indie shows forever. That was his character. Again, that's just, and I'm not even the biggest Orange Cassidy fan, but that's something that only like a specific person can do. Yeah, and he pulls it off really well. And he's also he a guy. I'm, great. I, I'm sure the first time you saw him, you weren't sure what this was. I wasn't, but then it grew on me. Like, so, like, for Orange Cassidy, it's weird, because I had a lot of fun watching him on at Beyond and stuff like that, right? I would laugh my ass off on the indie scene. In AEW, I enjoy him as long as he's not in the part of the main event scene. Like, yeah. when he got the match against Kenny, I was kind of like, come on. Like, right. But I get it, because the guy's super popular. Sure. And his merchandise sells. And the cool thing about him is he's very marketable to children. Yeah. So... I get it. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but at the same time, you know, if you're having fun in wrestling, who am I to judge, right? If if people like this sleepy gimmick, I can't judge you on that. Everyone likes different things. We all have different flavors, right? But yeah, it's just again, it, it goes back to the conversation we had where it's it's just not made for what I like. And that's okay. There's sure. plenty of shows I can't watch because it's not made for my liking. You know, and you can get into demos and all that, but at the end of the day, good TV is going to attract all ages, and that should be the goal. No, I, I agree, and I think Punk brought up a really good point at one of the press conferences. He's like, well, right now, we are catering to our audience, and, I'm, yep. and I think that's the smartest thing any company can do. I know WWE has oftentimes really tried to push for the casual fan. Almost like, well, we have the you know the diehards. We don't need to worry about them. Let's get the casual fans. But I think in that mindset, a lot of the diehards have uh, have kind of become lapsed fans over the last several years. I think that's what AEW is trying to capture too. You yeah. know, um, I think GCW is doing a really good job of capturing them as well. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I, I I think again, it, do casual fans exist? If I watch every other week, am I casual or am I a fan? You know what I mean? I think the, the See, I don't know. What, what makes a casual fan? Yeah, you know? the term casual fan is such like a weird thing to me. Because it's like, what makes up a casual fan? I watch once every... If, if I watch once every two months, then what value am I? Right. And I get you want to turn these casual viewers in to people who watch your product every week. Yeah. You know, I get that's why that's a big demo is the casual fan. But here's my thing. If you keep going after the casual fan, you're going to lose the people that actually put money into your company. Right. And I'll, that has happened. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have, I, I, you know, it's funny. Everyone's like, cancel WWE Network. I did. I haven't had it in two years. Like, now it's on Peacock or whatever, but I don't have it. I don't, I don't pay for it. They don't get my money anymore. And I used to buy shirts. You know, two shirts a month at least. That's sixty bucks. For, they don't get that from me anymore. So imagine if you know five hundred thousand people are doing that. It's a lot of money. Well, I mean, you know, and I, I'm not knocking Mattel because I think they're knocking it out of the park. But I haven't bought a WWE figure in a really long time. I sold my whole collection, right? Except certain ones. Yeah, I buy all the AEW guys that I can. You know, and it's not that I'm like, oh, these are so so much better figures or whatever. It's, it's just. just like, how many fun. fucking Seth Rollins can you make? Right. 
and like uh, here we go. AEW's doing it with Cody, and it's kind of pissing me off. Stop making Cody Rhodes figures, right? Like, but but at the same time, it's like how many Seth Rollins figures can you make? How many Roman Reigns can you make? And they're not different. You're not changing the face scan. It's like, oh, he's in green gear. Oh, he's in black gear. And it's right. like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Make it different. Like, I love what AEW is doing with, like, Darby figures and Sting figures. It's different paint. Mm-hmm. One comes with a title. One comes with a skateboard. Like, that's cool. I-, I stopped being an MOC collector when it came to AEW figures because I love how poseable they are. Yes. Oh, oh my nephew loves wrestling figures and – Every time he comes over, he immediately goes after that Darby figure because he has the skateboard. Yep. And and so, you know, his birthday's coming up, and I actually found the unmatched one with the body paint. And so I picked that up for him, and, and I'm sure he's going to love it. And I and I think, at the end of the day, he's not as big an AEW fan as I am because he's more – he grew up on WWE. That's really all he knows. But it's, it's, that's, that's who they're aiming for, though, so that's right. cool, you know? Right, but at the same time, anytime he comes over to watch the pay-per-views, he loves them. So – to me, like that's all it should be. It's like it should be about putting stuff out there, putting content out there that people enjoy. You just talking about not buying the shirts, not subscribing to the network, like that should be enough. And I'm not saying you specifically, but the droves of people that have done this, that should be enough to get their attention to be like, okay, what's going on? Like I remember back in like 2011, um, they brought in Snooki from Jersey Shore because that show was really popular, and they put yeah. her in a WrestleMania match. And, you know, a group of us all, all get together to watch WrestleMania. This is when they were at actual pay-per-views. And I and I remember thinking, I'm like, are Jersey Shore fans putting down their 60 bucks for this? I really doubt it. Unless they're no. already a wrestling fan, right? No, and, like, I was a Jersey Shore fan, right? Because I thought it was just a shit show. Right. And I'm from New Jersey, so obviously we had to watch what our state was being made fun of about. <laughs> sure. But, um, yeah, like, I... My sister loved the Jersey Shore. Did she buy WrestleMania? Fuck no. She didn't spend a dime. You know what I right. mean? Like, what? <laughs> I don't get, and that's what I don't, I don't get the celebrity thing. Like, why is Johnny Knoxville in the Royal Rumble? Or, like, or Logan Paul, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, and I get it because it's like, oh, cool. They're going to have crossover. And it's like, nah, I don't think the kids that watch Logan Paul really care about pro wrestling. Right. Maybe a couple of them will jump over. But, like, to me, like, even, like, okay, so AEW had Mike Tyson on. How many boxing fans were like, oh, I got to watch AEW for Mike Tyson? I'll, I'll answer that. Zero. Right. Right? Like, you know, there, it's different with, like, Shaq. I think Shaq is, is a perfect example of a celebrity used right. He was in a match. He's on TNT already. He's on TNT basketball. He promotes it. He talks about it. They set up an angle. People are going to maybe tune in for that. And it's free. It was on free television. Right, so that's where it works. But like at WrestleMania, bringing Snooki in, what what needle did that move? Right. I know, I know. May now Mayweather. That's a different story. People paid to see Mayweather. So, I guess it's what the celebrity is. Usually, celebrity athletes draw a little bit more. Like Tyson at WrestleMania 13 hits a lot different than Tyson at AEW. Sure. Because Tyson at WrestleMania 13. You paid to see if he was going to fuck Stone Cold. Like, you know, like, you paid for that. Well, and that first night he was in the ring with Austin, and they did that little oh, and they part. Were, oh, huge, huge. It's I still mean, one of the greatest moments in WWE history, still. Absolutely. I think everybody like, – and then, like, Vince getting out of the ring and screaming at Austin, you rode that, damn it, you know, and Austin's flipping him off. It was, it was just – it was television magic, and it was enough at that moment to make people go, 
okay, I want to see this. You know, I want to watch I, this, whatever this WrestleMania is going to be. I want to see this. And and I thought that, too. I mean, you, we go back to Mr. T was one of the first uh, celebrities yeah, yeah. heavily involved. He was in a match. Um, I remember watching that. And I knew who Mr. T was. I didn't know that he wasn't even a wrestler. You know, like I didn't I didn't get how that worked. But I, I don't know. There, there's something about celebrity involvement I think that can be good. But, you know, you also you talked about celebrity you know, involved in wrestling. Like look at Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone. Like that did big business, but like that was like a terrible match. So it was terrible, but guess what? I turned it like I was a wrestling fan, but like my fans that were my friends that were basketball fans wanted to watch them. Sure. Like, you know, at that age, we all thought it was real still. So, but I mean, it's just like, again, I think it works better when the people are actually athletes. Yeah. Um, now if you put Logan Paul in the ring, Maybe people watch, right? I mean, these be. guys are selling pay-per-views for boxing. But the special guest thing, to me, doesn't sell as well as when someone like an athlete steps in the ring. Well, and, you know, obviously, at the time of recording, the Royal Rumble hasn't happened yet. And so we don't no. know what Johnny Knoxville is going to do. But Oh, he's going to get take a crazy bump. We know that, right? I mean, I my, the, my prediction is he does something with Sami Zayn. Possibly somehow eliminate Sami Zayn, and then like he's somehow in the ring by himself, and the next entrance like Omos or Kev- somebody Kevin Owens, yeah, kills him, something know? like that. I mean, it, it's kind of like the whole Drew Carey thing, right? Like, I, I, what's yeah, funny is I told a funny moment, the Pete Rose moment. It's funny moments, yeah. But, but I don't know. I think instead of involving celebrities, you need to focus on making your your product more watchable, that you don't have to bring in celebrities. You don't have to bring in Goldberg. You don't have to bring the Undertaker back every pay-per-view that you feel like you're not going to pop a good number. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, to me, that's that's when you know WWE is in kind of a, a pickle right now is because they keep relying on these older guys. And I know I'm probably talking and people are like, yeah, but Sting just main evented uh, an AEW. Yeah, but Sting's not main eventing pay-per-views. Right. He he main evented a, a Wednesday night show that we get for free, you well, and, know, and, and and he's he looks a lot better than these guys. <laughs> you know what though? I'll be honest. Sting having several AEW matches was not on my bingo card. I didn't see that happening, but I am so happy he's able to kind of rewrite his own story because I don't think anyone saw that happening. No, no. I mean, I didn't think he would be back. I thought he was going to come back as Darby's manager when he came back. Right. And then they had the cinematic match. I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, WWE was right. This guy can't wrestle anymore. Wrong. Wrong. I was totally wrong. Right. The man, like, he gets up quicker at 62 years old than some of these 30-year-olds get up. I know. I know. It's. It's, I remember when he took that powerbomb from Brian Cage. I was just like, oh. ooh. I know from experience that's kind of a uneasy bump anyway. So, I remember thinking, like, Man, if he's if this guy's got some health issues, that's not the bump I'd be giving him. But then I realized, like, I guess he had actually taken a couple ahead of time to see how he would feel, and then like they were like, "Well, why don't you do that on TV?" And yeah, and good on him. Rewrite that own your own story, man. I think that I think that's awesome. He's going to go out on his terms, which is really cool to say, right? Yeah. A lot of times we see these people fade off and then make an ass of themselves. Like, you know, I'm not. I love that the Undertaker cinematic match was the last one. Yes, I agree. Because I think that was the perfect way to put that legacy to rest because his other matches were not good. He watched them and they were not good. That's why he kept coming back. Yeah. Right? Because they weren't good. And I think, um, you know, people need to have control over their narrative. 
And for Sting to get that, I think Flair had it, and Flair threw it away because mm-hmm. Flair had to go to Impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sir, like if Flair would have just, I'm sorry, I love you. Flair's legacy would have been untouchable. Yeah. But then you added the Impact, and it's like you haven't went away. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's, and I know Flair has mentioned he just needed the money, and and I get that. It just. Well, stop blowing through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason for that, pal. Because uh, I'm sure that WrestleMania payday that year was pretty, pretty solid. It's just, yeah. It's just kind of one of those things. Like I remember, even a couple of years ago, Hogan was like, "I need one more match with John Cena," and it's just like, "Oh God, you don't know." Like, there's got to be a point. And like, I know Taker when he did that match with Roman Reigns, that was just he felt so, bad. Oh, sad to watch, right? I was there, man, and it was, it was like. That should have probably been. I'm glad that they did, but he shouldn't have came back the next year. Yeah, he, you know, but it was sad to watch, man. He couldn't, you know, be, he was trying to put his body up for Reigns to tombstone him. He couldn't do it. His he couldn't lift his legs up. You know, like mm-hmm. that's sad. It's sad to watch someone that you know is the great one of the greats of all time. Yeah, just kind of stick around a little bit too long. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, who remembers Jordan on the Wizards, right? Like, right. It was, it was past your prime, you know. Like these, these, the players like Jerry Rice. Who remembers Jerry Rice on the Seattle Seahawks right. or the Denver Broncos? Like, you stayed a little long, and that's okay. Write your narrative, but at a certain point, it, it's got to be like, okay, I'm done. And I think we're gonna get there with Sting probably this year. I think Sting. This is Sting's kind of last hurrah. Yeah, I agree. And I still think I still think he'll be a manager. Yeah, I, I think, still think he'll I'm get still okay up. with him being there. I just don't. At the end of the day, I don't want someone to. I don't want to see someone get hurt. You know, like and that's what happens. They become, you know, at an age, you become a liability to yourself. Sure. The, your your reaction time's not as fast. Your athleticism's not as good. Your, you know what I mean. Your strength goes like. It happens as we get older. I was a lot stronger at 24 than I am at 34. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I remember, I think uh, 2.0, didn't they put him through a, a table one time? And yep. he did like the sting, no sell. And it's just like. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. And, and it's great because I'm like, I know he's actually hurting. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, because it don't feel good. No. And it's, and you know, he's in his 60s. It's just, yeah, it's, it's all. But I mean, again, I think it's great that he's able to but, but if you're producing at a level that you're producing at like that then stay right if the undertaker was still putting on the matches he was against michaels and triple h and punk he would still be wrestling sure right and we wouldn't all complain about it but when you see the man literally limp to the ring and then not be able to get up for a tombstone or anything it's like okay like he needs to get fixed and he needs to to rest you know it's a lot of a lot of wrestlers don't take care of their bodies and, and they go they go young and i think that i think as a fan base we're very aware of that so we get scared when these people are in the ring for them yeah you know no I agree. because we want them to live a healthy life we want you know we want to be able to 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 watch the undertaker grow old like that's what we want <laughs> and it's 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 crazy to me that you know, Sting spent all that time post retirement, kind of in the WWE system, without really ever being able to do what he wanted. You know what I mean? Like it's really, it's almost sad. You know, you you realize yeah. like because he, I think that match with Rollins was in like 2015, which was his last match up until this. I mean, 
16, 17, 18. It's like they're, I mean, look, they're I mean, still not for, letting him do anything. Look at look at Christian. Yeah. You know that I don't think I don't think people notice like that was seven years. He was off just as long as Punk, but yeah. he wanted to wrestle. Yep. Like it's it's um it, it is weird. I think WWE is very cautious with their their doctors, mm-hmm. which is listen. I want people safe. Like if they told Brian Danielson he could not wrestle, and he couldn't wrestle, then he he shouldn't wrestle. Like let's right. be let's be fair and you know. If you're looking out for somebody's health and their longevity, I support that decision. Um, it is weird, though, after he got cleared by, like, 15 doctors, they decided to be like, okay, like, maybe we will retest you, you know? Yeah. Like, he needed to go out on his own. But um, if you're keeping talent safe, man, that's that's most important. And, you know, like, my one of my favorite wrestlers, Nikki Bella, she wasn't cleared. Now she got cleared. So she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. That's pretty cool. Right, and hopefully that happens with Paige, and hopefully you want to see these people return because they want to return. Right. But if they're unable to return, I don't want them trotting them back out there. Nikki Bella gets kicked in the back, and now she's paralyzed. Like exactly, that it's you, you got to be precautious about it. And I think WWE catches slack for that, but I think that's the way to be. So that's where I will actually support them and say, listen, I they want to be responsible for someone being paralyzed because they want one more match. That's not really fair. And, and I know in this industry, it's it's very hard to be satisfied with that last match, right? Because I think we all think, like, I want to have this one last killer match. And you have it. And even if it's perfect, like, I mean, Flair and Michaels, that's kind of like a prime example. But, you know, Flair ends up wrestling, you know, in like a lockdown match or something with TNA. So it just, it's hard sometimes to to stop. I guess, you know, it, it's part of who you are. And the only guy I can honestly think of that actually was like, that's it. That was, uh, that was, that was Steve Austin. Right. I mean, yeah, he's the only oh, yeah. one, even Sean came back for that Saudi Arabia match, you know? Oh, so. and, and that to me, that's again, that was so bad. Oh God. It was awful. Like, and Sean, you had, you had a good ending. Yeah. You had one of the best endings ever. Yes. Like, let's be real. You had the end of the era, right? Or no, that was Triple H. You had the WrestleMania 26. That I mean, was it, it was in for years. Everyone just thought, okay, that's it. And then, of course, you know, he came. Back I get from, it. And, and Listen, it I come. I retired from podcasting like six times, right? And that's just podcasting, right? right. So I, I get it. The, the itch is there, man. Yeah. When you love something, it's hard to let it go. And I, it is. I can't fault anybody for that. That's passion. That's something that I think. Uh, is important, especially for content creators like us. Like, if yeah. we're not passionate about it, you hear it, you're gonna be like, oh, "This, this sucks." Like, you gotta have that passion for to be good at something and to actually like have people open their ears to listen to you. No, I agree, and I, and I think that's what's so fun about doing all these different podcasts. Is you know, you get to hear so many people do what they love. You know, because we all work a job, and you know, work is work, oftentimes, and you know, is it. Is it the greatest thing ever? Not always, but it pays the bills. But this is where the passion comes in, you know, getting to to do these podcasts and, you know, like me, like us talking. We met through podcasting, right? Like that's yep. – it's a cool thing when you when you actually kind of think about it. So I, I dig it, man. And Listen, all my, all my best friends are from Twitter and podcasting. Right, yeah, I agree. Like it's, all it's my wild. friends. Like, like Phil is my best friend. Phil listened to Rant With Ant. Phil then became a member of Rant With Ant. Then Phil became a, a part of the show. 
Now Phil's the host of Elite POV. We're best friends. We live four hours away. We still hang out like once every couple months in person. Like to me, that's crazy. You know, like our wives talk like and we met on social media. It's just I think that's the coolest part. And that's why I think this is so cool is because the community and we met through um, Fully Posable's community. Yeah. And they're amazing guys, right? They're like, and and they have amazing people in that community that that'll look out for me. And the the Fig Life community now, I'm starting to collect again. People are, hey, you need this figure, you know? Oh yeah, it's it's so cool. And um, I will tell you another thing. I I know you're into it. Is that the E Fed Mm -hmm. community is pretty super cool too? Oh yeah, it's been. I don't know how uh, you guys do it on YouTube, right? Well, we we've taken a break. We um. We we started off like it, this was kind of Bane's deal. He he kind of yeah. because he he's the one that spearheaded it. But he started off wanting to do like a weekly show, and then that morphed to pay per views, and you know so four weekly shows, one pay per view, and then it kind of morphed to well, let's just do pay per views and let's do the weekly show on Patreon, and then we wrapped up in December, and we were both pretty just tired from it. And he's like, oh, hey, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, and he's like, hey, let's. Let's just take a break to like July and you do like a six month run. I'm like, dude, I am good with that. So, um, yeah. so we'll we'll probably revisit it here before too long. Which by that point, it should be kind of like, hey, awesome! Like we're excited to do it again. You know, well, two K twenty two will be out. Like, right, right. Yeah, and, there's always so much you could do on two K nineteen. Like especially a weekly show, you run into the same shit. You're oh, telling yeah. the same story. Exactly, and that and that's kind of what it was. And but you know, I, real quick, you know, you talked about meeting people through fully posable. You know, I met me and Travis Fowler have a podcast now, the TV toy cast. And yeah. he's a guy I got acquainted through on fully posable with. In fact, he just reminded me he did a, he went to a signing for Harley, uh, in Ohio, like two or three years ago. And, and he was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm meeting Harley in Ohio. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Tell him, you know, tell him, you know, me and all that stuff. And he got it, the elite figure signed, which I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and ever since that point, we just started kind of talking, and we realized, oh, we have all these other interests besides just wrestling figures. We like Marvel Legends and all this other stuff. And we kind of developed this friendship, and then you know, I was like, would you ever want to do a, a podcast about toys, just just specifically toys? He's like, yeah, that'd be fun. And then you know, we've been doing that for a while now, and it's a blast. It's, it's crazy, though, like you said, how you, you meet someone through social media or through a community, and they become a, a friend. It, it's, it's wild. It's, it's, um, and I, my wife doesn't understand this. So like elite POV, we hang out every single night, right? We don't hang out in person because Kyle lives in Canada. Jackie lives in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I live in South Jersey, which is three hours away. Phil lives in Poughkeepsie, New York. Infinity lives in like Indiana and Jamie strange lives in Florida, but we hang out on discord every single night. And we're laughing and we're bullshitting and we're having such a fun time that, like, my wife's like, oh, you want to hang out with, like, people? And I'm like, no. Like, I'm so cool with just hanging out on Discord because if I'm like, hey, guys, I'll be back or, hey, I'm going to bed. It's not that awkward thing where someone's, like, sitting on your couch and you're like, damn, I'm tired. Are they ready to leave yet? You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, kind of getting late. You kind of start dropping the hints, like, hope this guy leaves soon, you know? COVID has totally changed the way that I think of doing anything right because we were all trapped for so long that i became cool with it Mm -hmm. like i never did shows live until i started streaming and i was doing my twitch efed and 
the live interaction is so much fun. Sure. And you make friends and you have inside jokes. And then now we're doing the podcast is live on Twitch. Um, and, and people come and they chat. And it, to me, it just adds such a different aspect to what I was doing before where it's like, all right, Wednesday night, we're going to hit the record button. Kind of like what we're doing now. It's not live. It's more, um, hey, we're going to, you know, save this a couple weeks. It'll come out. You know, we'll edit it all like that. There's no element of surprise. Right. And I think that's what has kind of um, re-energized me is that element of surprise of I can use my wit because if someone says something in the chat, I can play off it. Sure. And that to me has been amazing. And who knows if I ever do that if it wasn't for me like streaming on Twitch, right? Because I think um, having that, that real raw reaction is what, what – is really fun about a community and then people hear us talk about you know us hanging out and they want to hang out so now it's like okay well patreon will do a hangout every month where you guys get to see what it's like hanging out with us and playing Fortnite and making fun of each other you know what i mean sure like it's it's just really cool the internet's a really cool place um i don't like social media that much i i'm on it because i promote stuff on it right if it wasn't for that, I think I I think my run has ended. Um, like I turned my account, uh, my my aunt underscore elite POV account is only wrestling stuff, and there's no personal. I wiped it of all personal pictures and all that stuff because I don't need people looking into my life like that. Yeah. Um, I do like to have some privacy, and then I have a private Twitter for my friends, and I have ten followers, and I'm like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's becoming that right where it's almost like you keep. You know, like I keep Facebook, I mean, because I literally don't even use it hardly. I keep it yeah. just so I can run my other pages, you know, the Breaker yep. Mains Power Hour and TV Toycast and all that other stuff. I, I, I literally keep it for those pages. And, and I think that's kind of a, it's kind of a bad thing. I, I guess the internet is just so toxic at times, but it's, it's like it, it gives people a voice that wouldn't have a voice, which sometimes is really good because then you get to make friends of people that you didn't think you'd be friends with, right? Right. But at other times, it gives people a chance to hide behind a avatar and just say really messed up shit about people. Yes. And and not deal with consequences. And to me, that's what I hate about social media because in real life, if I talk shit to someone, I would have to deal with consequences. Exactly. And that On is – On internet, there is none. Right. And that's always the, the problem is it's almost like people want to do stuff just so they'll get blocked, just so they have that validation of knowing so-and-so read my terrible comment or whatever. And it's just – it's not a healthy it's, thing. Also, I hate the subtweeting thing. I hate it. Like I hate when like my friends subtweet. I'm like, are they talking about me? Like, like yeah. who are they talking about? Like, I miss the days where if someone had a problem with someone, they're just like, yo, I don't like you. Yes. Cool. <laughs> like, well, I don't need to. I don't need to read between the lines and all that shit. You know. It's that back in the day, we used to call it vague book, where someone makes a status and it's like, ugh, some people in this industry, you know, or something like that, and it's like, uh oh, who are they talking about? You know, and. But it's just so annoying because you're right. It's like my whole thought is like I don't really need to post anything. You know, the only thing I post on Facebook is pictures of my dog. That's it. Yeah. Like, it, literally, that's it. I, like, I love Instagram for my, you know, my children. I put my children on my Instagram. Yeah. You know, but. And I love it because then I can go back and have pictures. Like, right. it's like. Yes. It's, it's almost it's like a, a way to store them, too. Yeah. It's, it's great, right? But. 
I totally get you. Like, and here's the thing: no one gives a fuck what I have to say on on Twitter, right? Like, right. I'll tweet a wrestling take, and people could say that's a bad take, and I'm not going to get offended on that. Like, if you're like, "Oh, that that's a bad take," okay, like, we have different opinions, but it's like having like your say someone doesn't like you, and they're I put a picture of me and my kids, and God forbid it's never happened, but God forbid someone said something about my child. Yeah, right, like. That's what I was scared of, and that's when I was like, I need to not be – because I've seen it happen where people put pictures of their wife and kids, and people have nasty comments. And I think that I think that's totally off limits personally. I agree um, 100%. And that just kind of was eye-opening to me where I was like, well, I don't need the admiration of people. As long as mm-hmm. these three girls are happy that I have, you know what I mean, then, yeah. then I'm doing okay. I want people to like me. I want to build a community, but I don't want to – I don't want to put my my family in crossfire over pro wrestling or uh, over yes. over a sports take, right? Like, yeah, because people are ruthless now. Yeah, it's why it's almost better to kind of have a fake, a faceless existence on social media. Like, I, I know people yeah. like that that like they have an account, but like their their pictures aren't even on it. And it's like, man, that's probably the way to do it. Like, and it, maybe that doesn't really work for podcasting, but. It's like this way, like you can, if you still want to check in on stuff, you can, but you don't have to worry about anyone even knowing who you are, you know, because I, I know there's, there's so many, there's so many bad elements. And I think another thing too, with social media, and I don't mean to rant on this too much, but we're all still figuring this out because this is kind of a new thing, right? Like yeah. it, it's existed, but basically from, I mean, I didn't have Facebook till like 2009. And so, you know, I was in my mid twenties at that point. So it's, it's not something we grew up with. We didn't understand it. And, and it's ever evolving. I, I remember TikTok became a thing. I didn't know what that was, you know, same with Instagram. When that hit, I didn't know what that was. We don't know what these things are. And in two years, guess what? There's going to be a new social media platform and yep, everyone's going to flock to it. Yeah. And yeah. it's just one of those things. I think we just try to figure it out as we can. And it's, uh, you know, but I and I've seen people that get so ate up with the amount of followers they have and the amount of likes that they get, and it's just yep. kind of a, I don't know, the whole concept of it can kind of be toxic at times. I think it, it is because it's now you know, um, and as a content creator, we 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 go by likes, right? We have to, right? Sure. That's how how we, and I hate that. I hate yes. it, but I get it, and we always having following things because the more people that follow you. The more people that might listen to you, and the one thing I wish, um, and, that, and that's kind of like here's the thing is is I don't want to be too critical because we're content creators, so we put ourselves we put ourselves out there. That's our choice. We kind of put ourselves out there to right. to talk. People can hear how we sound, know what we look like. You know what I mean? That's part of being a content creator, and you have to be really comfortable. And it takes some self confidence, right? It takes a lot of it's a lot of self-confidence to do what we do and a lot of the um, – it's just – I don't know how to say it without sounding like an asshole. Like yeah. we did it to ourselves, right? Right. But at the same time, I love what I do, but if there was a way that I could do it without people knowing who I was, I would love that even more. And it's not because I don't want to meet people because we just had the conversation that I met all my best friends. Mm-hmm. It's just because in the last six years of doing podcasts, I think social media has changed for the worst. Well, I, and I think I think if we had a little ounce of privacy, 
but we've been doing this so long. People know what we look like. They've met yeah. us. They've, you know, right. and we did that to ourselves. So I can't say, oh, woe was me. Um, but at the same time, it's like it's a different world on social media than it used to be. It, it is. I know for me, I was kind of, I kind of fell into the category. You know, I I, I used a, you know, a, a gimmick name for for wrestling. Bane uses a gimmick name for hip hop. So. We just steered into that, right? And and I remember when I, I did a, a Nintendo podcast a few years ago and I had a friend that I worked with that it was gonna be my co star. I was like, Do you want to come up with like a like a like a pin name or like a fake name? He's like, Why? I was like, Well, I don't know if this will I'm not saying that this was gonna take off and be like millions, but what if it does and you say something stupid and all of a sudden you get fired from your real job? Yep. And he's like, Well that won't happen and I'm like, It probably won't, but I always use my real name, and I'm like, "That's your biggest choice. mistake I ever made. Biggest yeah, mistake, right?" I ever and made. and I, you know, I said the same thing to Travis when we started TV Toycast. I was like, "You want to come up with a different name, like, or use a different name, or come up with like an online character?" And I don't think sometimes people think about that. And it's not like no, these shows are are huge, but I'm like, but it's very nice to say like I can have my my real name, you know, but that's not associated with my social media. So if my job wants to look me up. On Instagram, good luck because there's no one with my real name on Instagram. At least it's not my account. Yeah. So. Oh no, I, 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 um, that's my biggest regret is I wish I just did like my middle name. Like everything I do, like on NBA 2K, it's always Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. That's just my middle name with an S on it, right? And um, I just I don't know. I I guess at the time I was you know you don't think about it. Right? I'm Anthony DeStefano and. From then on, I've you know I just been I've been me right. That's my mm-hmm. name, and people friend me on Facebook, and, and you know I've never had really like problems. So right, thank God. But if it gets bigger, you know what do you do? <laughs> like, and, and that's and that's I think me being very like I'm always like very leery of like what ifs I guess, and that was kind of my thought. Like, well, what if so, what if somebody you know. I'm more or less not worried about me. Right. To me, it's like, okay, if you look up Anthony DeStefano and then you find my wife, right, and then you find my family, to me, that's weird. Yes. Because now, like, why are you following my wife? You don't know her. Right. If you listen to my show and you follow me, I get it, right? You want to see a look inside my personal life. But, like, to follow, like, my wife or... My child has a TikTok account, which I monitor. Follow her on TikTok. Like, that would be weird to me. That would be really weird. Sure it would. You know, so I I wish I didn't do it, but I did for six years now. And as people know me, people actually know my last name, so there's no Mm -hmm. running from it. Right. It's just 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 one of those things. I embrace it. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you can do at this point. I mean, I think it's kind of nice to have that, you know, anonymous you know, personal life, but it's, uh, it's the way it goes sometimes, but, uh, man, I don't want to keep you here all night. This has been an absolute blast catching up. Oh, it's so great, man. Um, I know obviously elite POV, you guys are doing some awesome stuff there. I know you interviewed, uh, Ty Conti recently, FTR, yes. hopefully you got some more stuff in the works. Um, we have some emails out, so that's awesome. all I'll say, and hopefully they all come to fruition. Awesome, man. So let, like, let people know where they can find all your stuff, man. All right, so you can follow me at Ant underscore Elite POV. That is my wrestling account. Um, that's where I'll be tweeting that. Um, at Elite POV on Twitter. Uh, Elite POV on YouTube. 
Um, I'm doing my rant on wrestling where I do one man, one topic, one mic, and I rant about something for 10 minutes. Um, bring it back. This is me. I'm going to have uh, Brian on here in a, in a couple weeks. I think we're going to try to record that because I want to have him on there and talk about his journey as content creator. Absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, just follow us on TikTok, Elite POV Clips. You can watch clips of the show, Instagram, Elite POV. We're everywhere. If you guys like E-Federations, Alliance, Wrestle Fed, uh, Alliance Wrestling Fed on Twitch is our new one. Me and my buddy Kyle combined our E-Feds into one. It'll be two shows a week with storylines and everything. There'll be a draft. It's really fun. You can come upgrade your character. You start at a 36. The more time to watch, the more bets that you hit when you bet on who's going to win, the more points you get to upgrading your character. Go from rags to riches and join us on Alliance Wrestling Fed. Sign-ups are at AWF underscore E-Fed. They're open for about one more month. And then uh, the new game comes out, and Season 3 is underway. Awesome, man. Well, dude, like I said, this has been an absolute blast. We always, I, I think we always have such a good back and forth anytime we get together and, and chat on here. So I'm sure you'll be on again down the road, man. Thank you again for having me, man. And like I said, we'll schedule you. And uh, if you guys want to hear more, we'll have part two. But I'll be interviewing him. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, we are back here to close it up on, you know, it's fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. Big shout-out to Anthony DiStefano. I will always know him as Rant with Ant because that's when I first heard of him. Loved that name. I thought it was super catchy. Rant with Ant. Like, you can't forget that one. Um, oddly enough, I don't think I talked to him about this, but one of the things I really thought about when I started this show is I wanted a name that you, like, really wouldn't forget because I feel like... A name is very important to a podcast, and, uh, you know, I wanted something that just kind of slapped you in the face. You know it's fake, right? And I felt like that worked. Um, I was very nervous to launch a show called You Know It's Fake, right? Because of my history being a professional wrestler. I thought that people might misconstrue that as me um, bad-mouthing the business, which is not at all what I wanted to do. And I'm even kind of nervous when I pitch it to wrestlers who like help break me in, like I'm actually talking with a guy that helped break me in to be a guest. I'm nervous to tell him what I call the show, which I, I like, he'll be cool with it, but it's still that thing. Like, uh, well, this is what I call it. Like and most people are like, Oh cool. Like most of them are like, that's a great name. I, I dig it. I'm like, Oh, thanks man. You know? So that's the process. But anyway, um, but yeah, so when I heard rant with Ant, I was like, that's just such a catchy name. It's hard to forget. You can make a cool logo. I wanted something that kind of caught you and you didn't forget. So hopefully, uh, you know, it's fake, right? Works as good as rant with Ant did, but he's doing elite POV. Now it's a great show. And, um, I highly recommend checking it out and checking out all his social media. Cause he's, he, Ant's a great dude. And just one of those guys, he he's, he's all about the hustle, which any independent podcaster, that's kind of what it's about. We're just here having fun and hoping to make our brand as successful as possible. So, um, always, always fun having him on. We haven't have an, another podcaster on this coming week, a returning podcaster, and his name is Drew Vinsel. And I, I imagine most of you guys know who Drew is. Um, great dude, just an amazingly awesome guy. And, uh, as a lot of you know, Drew recently, uh, his house got a little bit bigger. Um, well, his house didn't get bigger, but he got more people in his house, I guess. Uh, a few more mouths there. 
uh, his twins, Cole and Rocco, were born. And uh, they're actually a couple of months old now, which is crazy, right? Like, it's like, what? Um, I just messaged Drew that um, I was getting ready to drop this episode in about a week. And he, or a week and a half, I guess it was. And he said, yeah, crazy. We did it. And just a few days later, the twins were born. I was like, was it that soon? So I guess it was a couple of months ago that we actually recorded it. But I, I, I knew Caitlin was coming close to her due date. And so I, uh, I didn't plan to have Drew back on that quick necessarily, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and ask if he wants to do it now because the likelihood of him being able to actually sit down and record a podcast with me anytime in the next three years might be difficult. So let's, let's see if we can pull it off. Uh, And we did, it was a really fun conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, but you know, I'll be honest. Um, I'm still very shocked that him and Caitlin are able to pull off tales from the estate. Cause I, I have heard people say with a newborn baby, like so time consuming. I couldn't imagine two, right? Like double everything, not to mention just the lack of sleep and everything else. I, I, that has to be brutal. So the fact that they're still pulling it off is really, really cool. I'm happy that they are, but I can imagine the struggle sometimes, but uh, drew will be coming up next week. And again, if you don't, if you don't know drew, He's the nicest guy in the world, so that's all you have to say. And super fun conversation with him, so make sure to check that out coming up one week from today. Of course, check out our other podcasting buddies, Fully Posable, the Wrestling Figure Podcast, and Scott's Side Project, Drunk Wrestling History, Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric, the Ringside Rant with RJ, the Leisure and Lariats Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson, and the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. That's right. That's right, fellas. You're officially in the roll call. Um, as of this recording, I don't think they're up on iTunes yet, but I know they're on Podbean and I know they're on iHeartRadio. Um, it's just a trailer, so it's not a full episode, but um, I'm sure Spotify, Apple, that's the two main ones. I know I think most everybody uses those, but you know what? I look at my um, like algorithms and people use like Podcast Addict and a few other ones I've never even heard of. So people do listen different ways. Um, so it's good to be on as many apps as possible. So look for In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan coming soon. Uh, Boots to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel, my uh, guest coming up next week. Elite POV with uh, with Ant. I need to start plugging him. Throw him in there. Uh, I don't know why I don't have that on there. Just one of those things. I know, weird omission on my part. I'll wreck my podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there. Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. He'll be coming up on a future episode, in fact. Helen with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf. And, of course, don't forget the epic, amazing Chop Shop. We've gotten some teasers of some things that are coming up soon, and it's going to be really cool. I was going to have to try to think of a funny word, but I couldn't think of one without just like being a dead giveaway. So it'll be really cool. Uh, pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at a chair shot. Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast with Richard and his buddy Matt. Catching up with Aaron and, and Daniel um, as well. Then uh, my other shows... Breaker and Bane's Power Hour every Sunday. The TB Toy Cast every Thursday. And of course, they're on sabbatical right now, but you can check out the reruns of No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. And all of my t-shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com, Whatamaneuver.net, search by store for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, and TB Toy Cast, plus a lot of the uh, other amazing podcasts I have listed there. Check them out as well. Thank you guys for checking out You Know It's Fake, Right? And remember, as the great Johnny Valentine once said, I cannot make you believe that pro wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake, Right? And we'll see you guys next week. 
Talk a lot, but at the end of the night, I'm selling the tickets. All the tough guys avoid me, the ladies all adore me. Paparazzi record me, I can put on a clinic on my opposers. Are